Well, it's good to be back from vacation and uh, look forward to going again soon. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I learned uh, some things while I was gone and even since I've been back, and I want to share some of those with you. But I want you, if you would, get, go with me to Jeremiah, the 16th chapter. Jeremiah chapter 16 and starting with verse 14. Jeremiah chapter 16 and verse 14. Therefore, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when it will no longer be said, as the Lord lives, who brought up the sons of Israel out of the land of Egypt. But as the Lord lives, who brought up the sons of Israel from the land of the north, and from all the countries to which he had driven them. And I will bring them back to their land, which I gave to their fathers. Behold, listen carefully. I will send for many fishermen, says the Lord, and they will fish for them. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word, God, that it's life. We ask you, God, that you would speak to us and through us today. And God, show us your will in Jesus' name. Many of you would watch this clip, and this is the title of our message. All right, everybody say real people. So the title of our message today is Real People Don't Give Up on Fish. Say it one more time. Real people don't give up on fish. The passage that I read, Jeremiah is giving a word of prophecy. And Israel has find them, found themselves in a precarious situation. They had seen God bring them out of the land of Egypt, out of captivity, into a land of promise that he had spoken to them. God did exactly what he said he was going to do. But unfortunately, they forgot about how good God had been to them and started straying away from God. Can you fathom anybody doing that? I mean, can you even imagine anybody doing that? I mean, is there anybody sitting next to you that's ever done that? Did you wake up and look in the mirror at someone that did that? See, the, the, the Scripture says this, that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So we have that tendency in us to drift away. Here's the good news. God said, I'm not going to let you drift too far from me. He makes a promise, and he said, they're not going to talk about the God that brought them out of Egypt any longer. They're going to talk about the God that rescued them from themselves after they forgot about God. You, you need to understand this, that it's never God's intention to destroy you. It's God's intention to rescue you. It's God's intention to redeem you. And so he says, they're not going to talk about the God that brought them out of Egypt. They're going to talk about the God that rescued them from the north when they forsook God and when they abandoned God's ways and they got carried away into all these other countries. He's saying, God's not going to forget where you're at. He's going to send fishermen to come after you. You need to hear what I'm saying today. God's looking for some real people that don't give up on fish. Everybody say, don't give up on the fish. I came back from uh, my trip, and on Tuesday we'd been gone to Florida and did some fishing, and I'll get to that later. But I want to talk about the fishing trip I did with the men first. We came back and went to Mantuck. Is that what it's called, Mantuck? Montauk. Montauk. Ought to be called No Fish. No, <laughs> no you don't get, everybody say, real people. Don't give up on the fish. <laughs> so we go there, and I discovered some things. I discovered that one thing, all that I have need of is not in my toolbox or my tackle box. How many of you, how many of you recognize that you don't have everything you need? You're not self-sufficient. 
on your own, you're never going to be enough. But if God is for us, then who, my friend, can be against us? Because with God, we're more than enough. So we got there, you know, and I had my trusty Zebco. Do you know where that went? I had, I had my trusty Zebco that has never failed me. And I, I was ready. I thought, bring on the fish. And I, I got that Zebco out, and we went to work, and it wasn't working. <laughs> we, we tried and tried and tried, and it was not working. And I thought, man, what is the deal? What's going on? And so I go up to the uh, bait shop or whatever that place is up front that sells everything. And I said, man, you know, we're, we're trying to figure out what's going on because, you know, I'm not catching any fish. Mike isn't catching any fish. And I could understand Mike not catching any, but really me? No, I'm kidding. I'm messing with you. So all of a sudden we go up there and they told me, they said, you can't catch trout on a 10 pound test line. I thought, what do you mean? I can't catch, I can catch anything on a 10 pound test line. And they said, the line is too bright. They see it in the water. They said it can't be larger than a four-pound test. So I grabbed me a fishing pole, and $50 later, I was headed back to the creek with four-pound test. Man, you talk about disappointed. <laughs> they weren't biting on the four-pound test either. And, I, and I, I discovered something. I thought, you know, all fish are not created the same. And, and, and some fish you just have to go after, right? So I got down where they were. Everybody say, get down where it's happening. Come on, say it with me. Get down where they're at. You, you, you've got to, you just got, sometimes you've got to just creep down there with them. You can't give up on them. You, you've got to go where they are. And so I stepped down there in that water. I, I, I didn't have waders. And I discovered something. Trout like cold water. And man, I started easing out there. And I'm, and I'm getting out there. And this guy comes by that is a trout fisherman. He is set up. He's got the gear. He's got the waders on. He's got the hat. He's got the fly going on. And all of a sudden, he looked at me and he said, man, aren't you cold? I said, yeah, I am. <laughs> but I was getting right out there where they were. I thought, I, I'm going to get out. Not only did I get where. See, sometimes we want to catch fish from shore. We, we, we don't like getting uncomfortable. We want, to, we want to catch them from where we're comfortable at, but sometimes you've got to get uncomfortable to catch them. You hear what I'm saying? Sometimes you just got to make up your mind that I'm going to go where they're at. Zacchaeus is in a crowd of people, and he is not going to catch a glimpse of Jesus where he's at. So he decides, I'm not going to stay where I'm at. I'm going to reposition myself so I can see him. And he climbed in that sycamore tree. Now, I'm sure that it made him un uncomfortable, all those people up there looking at him and staring at him. But you know what? He got what he came for. He got, you need to make up your mind, how far are you willing to go to catch someone? Because you need to hear the heart of the Father. He said, I am not going to forget you. I'm not going to leave you where you're at. I'm calling fishermen to come after you, and they are going to catch you. Real people don't give up on the fish. Man, I got out there, and it wasn't long until uh, I had him, all three and a half inches of him. I, now, you, hey, you can laugh if you want to, but I promise you this, God doesn't throw anybody back. He loves them all. He cares for them all. And I had, I, I, had, I don't know what it was I had. It wasn't a trout, but whatever it was, it was a wicked fish. That dude looked at me three and a half inches long, and he was giving me the creeps, man. He had... He had fins that came out like this, and his mouth opened up, and it looked like jaws in my hand. I thought, good night. 
And I, I was trying to get a, and I thought, man, I don't know what kind of fish this is. And I, I, I'm just being honest with you. I thought, I don't know if this dude's going to zap me. It, when I, you know, if he was one of those electrical fish I'd heard about. But I, I got a hold of him and, 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 and un, got him unhooked, and I had him. I looked in, I looked in the water, and there were a lot, there were fish just like him that were a lot bigger. And I was really thankful I didn't catch one of them. I, I, I just thought, man, I, I don't know if I could have handled that. How many of you know that you've got to equip yourself for the journey? You, you, you've got to get ready for it. And, and sometimes you slip, right? Anybody ever slip in here? We did too. Charles and I slipped and fell right in the water, man. Just, and I learned something else that sometimes we take a lot of stuff with us we shouldn't have. I had my cell phone. Went down in that water. Next time I talked to Debbie, she sounded like she's underwater. She couldn't hear me at all. She said, well, actually, I sounded like it. She said, is there a bunch of noise where you're at? I said, no. She said, well, man, it sure is coming in over this phone. We go in carrying things we shouldn't carry, like the past, like our disappointment, like our disillusionment. We get our eyes on so many things other than Jesus that we forget the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. Everybody say, Jesus is the main thing. We're not out there fishing for ourselves. We're fishing for him. We don't start making calls on which fish get to come and fit which fish get thrown back. We're fishing for him and he wants them all. Somebody say he loves them all. So we, we went through that, and then I discovered that there was a lot more about fishing that I needed to know. And so the best place to go is to the master fisherman. Roll the clip. Put that down for a catch. A little farther out. I don't have a quarrel with you, teacher. But we've been doing this all night. Nothing. All right. That's your word.
My brother and the baptizer. <laughs> you are the Lamb of God, yes? I am. Depart from me. I am a sinful man. You don't know who I am and the things I've done. Don't be afraid, Simon. If you want to be successful fishing, you need someone to teach you that understands how to catch fish. Jesus here is fulfilling Jeremiah's prophecy. He said, I will send you fishermen, and they will come after you. One of the first things that Jesus did when he started looking for disciples is he found some fishermen. And then he had to get them to rethink what they were so accustomed to. See, sometimes your methods have to change. Not your message, your methods. We had been out in that lake fishing all day with those reels, and we weren't doing very well. But the truth was, nobody was doing very well. And finally, all of a sudden, Isaiah came up to me, and he said, Pastor, can I use your net and I thought, yeah, you can use the net, but I've already done it. I wasn't having any luck. I put that, when I couldn't catch him with a fish, I mean with a pole, I put the net in the water and started trying to come up behind him. But the, way, the, the current was so strong, man, it was like pushing. But Isaiah did something else. He found a fish sleeping. The thing was in the middle of the current just... He takes the net and sets it down in front of the fish. I asked him, I said, how'd you catch it? He said, I caught one sleeping. I put it down in front of him, and when he woke up, it startled him, and he ran right into the net. He came up with it, man. Hey, you can say what you want to, but he caught it. I'll tell you, at that point, I'd have been fishing with my socks if I thought it had done any good. The method has to change. Peter looked at Jesus and said, Master, we fished all night and nothing. Teacher, you know, I mean, yeah, I'm a fisherman. You're not going to tell me about fishing. How many times have we taken that approach with God? God, let me tell you how you ought to deal with these folks. I've got an idea. All, all it would take, God, is this. Have you ever sat down with God and tried to instruct him on how to do his job? Come on, be honest about it. You know, I mean, there have been times that I've prayed and I thought, God, you know, all it would take and I can't help but thinking God's up there looking at us going, <laughs> yeah. I can tell I'm going to have to take you to school again. And so that's what Jesus does is he takes them to school. And he says, it's not about your ingenuity. It's about his ability. And he said, just cast your net on the other side of the boat. And he discovered that when you obey, things happen. See, you need to understand that the promises of God are hinged on obedience to God. You can go in the Bible and read all the promises you want to. That's not going to make them yours unless you begin to walk in obedience to his word and to what he has instructed us to do. That I said I had to change tackle boxes. The Bible says that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to pulling down strongholds. So hear what I'm saying today. No matter what's going on, I don't know what fish you're after. I don't know what family member it is you've been praying for or what friend you've been seeking God for, and it seems like they just keep getting further and further away. You've got to quit trying to figure it out and just trust God and say, okay, God, I'm going to do what you ask me to do. I'm just going to throw this net out there, and I'm going to trust that you're able to do what you said you would do. He dropped down at Jesus' feet and said, I'm a sinful man. Depart from me, Lord. And Jesus looked at me and said, Peter, follow me. And from now on, 
you're going to catch men. I love the prophecy in Jeremiah. God speaking to us about real people. I'm going to send you fishermen. And fishermen, real people, never give up on the fish. Everybody say, don't give up. So we went to Florida on vacation, and I learned some things. I learned that deep sea fishing is completely different than trout fishing or, or pond fishing. And I learned something else. I learned that you need to make sure that you fill yourself up before the journey. Everybody say, you can't make the journey on an empty stomach. What are you talking about? Just look in the Bible. The, he tells Elijah is, is just had the greatest victory of his life, but now he's running for fear, and, and it's because he's empty. And, and an angel shows up. He's asleep. An angel shows up and wakes him up and says, get up, Elijah, and eat because the journey's too great for you. Elijah got up and he ate and he went back to sleep. And then all of a sudden, he wakes him up again. He says, get up, Elijah, and eat because the journey's too great for you. I want you to understand something. Elijah did not prepare what he was eating. God did that. Do you understand that what we need to be real people is to fill up on God. Let God fill us up. Now let me share with you what happens if you try and make the journey on an empty stomach. You're going to get sick. I got on that boat, hit it out in the deep blue sea. We went 15 miles, an hour, and I, I was so excited. Yeah, and everybody else had got up. My son had made biscuits, and he'd made egg and cheese omelets, and they were eating that. And I thought, oh, I don't want to fill up like that. I just had me a little bowl about that big of some cereal, you know, just ate real light. And then all of a sudden, I got on that boat. And I started understanding the meaning of that song. My body lies over the ocean. My body lies over the sea. My body lies over the ocean. Oh, bring back my body to me. Man, and then it wasn't just a ship doing that. My insides were doing that. And Jonathan said, Dad, I, I, I don't know if I'm starting to look green around the gills or what, but Jonathan said, Dad, I, I brought some Pepsi just in case you need to settle your stomach down. So I grabbed that, man, I'm drinking that pe Pepsi, and I thought, man, if I, if I maybe take a bite of a sandwich, I should have eaten before I got on the boat. And, and then I'll, and, and I'm fishing, but we start fishing, and I'm fishing, and as I'm fishing, I walk around, I'm moving around the boat, and then all of a sudden I get to the side of the boat. Honey, do you want to share with me? All of a sudden I get around to the side of the boat, and when I get to around to the side of the boat, I lose it. And it wasn't pretty. And when I lost it, all of a sudden it just... But I, I, I got control of myself again. I managed to settle down and get back into the cabin, and I knew there was a bathroom in there somewhere. And I got down to the cabin, I got to the cabin, and then all of a sudden in that cabin, the bathroom's about this big. And I'm in there going like this, and I'm thinking, God, help me aim. <laughs> and then once I got it all up... I was fine. Now hear me. See, sometimes the reason we have trouble with our journey is because we're carrying too much stuff with us, the wrong kind of stuff. We're carrying fear. We're carrying gout. gout. We're, car we're carrying doubt. We're carrying bitterness from the past. And, and all those things are eating on us, and we can't figure out why we're not having a good time. Everybody say it with me. Fill up with the right thing. you got to get the Word of God in you. And when you get the Word of God in you, it changes things. When we got out 15 miles from shore, they began to instruct us on what to do. So we took these poles, and he had a big anchor on the pole, and we didn't cast. We just set it over the side of the ship and let go. And he had us count till 12. Now, this whole thing is just feeding down the whole time, and I'm counting to 12, and then he said, now stop it. And I stopped it, and I said it, and all of a sudden, I felt a, and 
then it went, and I, oh, man, I start, and then I'm excited, and man, I reeled in a snapper like this, and I, <laughs> he threw it back in the water. I thought, what are you doing? And he looked at me, and he goes, that's not big enough. I'm thinking, buddy, I'm not picky. What do you mean that's not big enough? Now, hear me, because sometimes we fish like that, don't we? We're only going to keep certain fish, and that's not God's way. God said, I'm going to make you fishermen. Real people don't give up on fish just because it doesn't look like them. They don't give up on fish just because it doesn't meet their criteria. Every fish that's caught is a fish that's valuable. Say it with me. You're valuable. Some of us look different than others. But we're all valuable in God's kingdom. And the guy said, look, he said, I want you to go deeper. When we went deeper, and it it took like twice as long to get down there, and it hit bottom, and then I said it, I discovered something. That the deeper you go, the hungrier the fish are. See, when we went to Mantucket, or not Mantucket, Mantuck or whatever it was, wherever we went. Montauk. When we went to Montauk, I floated bait right under those trout's nose, and they weren't touching it. They were in shallow water. They'd seen it all. They'd, they had become indifferent to it. They thought, I'm not, I'm not biting on it. And I thought about people and how sometimes when we've had the gospel given to us over and over, week after week, how we can become callous to it. And and though God is is dangling it right in front of us, we're not biting on it. But those people that have gone, found themselves in a deep, dark place, and they're looking for help, and they're looking for hope, and all of a sudden you begin to drop something in front of them, and it makes them hungry. Buddy, they started biting on it, and for the next 40 minutes, It was utter pandemonium. We were reeling them in as fast as that guy. We ran his legs off. We were reeling them in. He was throwing them in the fish well and baiting us, and we're going back and reeling and going back and reeling and going back. And then he said, okay, okay, that's it. You can't have any more. I said, what? (laughs) You got to limit a two-rid snapper per person. I thought, I don't like these rules. If we had got to keep, now here, here's the good news. God's kingdom, you get to keep all you catch. <laughs> you, don't, you, you, you don't have to throw any back. You don't have to let any go. You just keep catching and you keep fishing. And you learn the value of the fish. You don't give up on the fish. We were toward the end of the trip when all of a sudden something happened. My daughter, or my granddaughter and my son, both hooked into a snapper. And Shaylee has got that snapper, and she's reeling it in. And man, that pose, and then all of a sudden, her pole just, I'll, I'll end up breaking this if I do it, but her pole just doubled down. I'd have never been able to hold the fish on this pole. I had to have heavier equipment. But her pole went completely over, and she goes, oh, no, no, I, I don't. And then... It stopped. And she said, I don't know what just happened. And the deckhand, his name was Groovy, he said, a dolphin just stole your fish. That dolphin, now here, the dolphin stole the fish not because he was trying to protect the fish from us, but because he wanted to devour the fish himself. The Bible said that the devil is as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. When all of a sudden your friends are trying to talk you out of going to church, trying to keep you from God, it's not because they're trying to save you from that church down there. It's because they want to devour you. The devil wants your soul. Real people don't give up on fish. Jonathan was fishing, and all of a sudden, his pole, it was just after Shaley's, and, and his pole went down like that, and Jonathan knew what was going on. The dolphin struck again. And when the heat, that pole went like that, Jonathan went, 
man, and he yanked. And he yanked that fish right out of that dolphin's mouth and brought that fish on board. Can I tell you, real people, don't give up on the fish. We don't give up just because the devil locks hold and tries to drag somebody down. We do what it takes to get them in. If I've got a reel all night, if I've got to fight that dolphin, I'm going to get that fish on board. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving in. I'm not letting go. I'm not walking away. I'm I'm here for the fish. You need to hear what God is saying. I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. I'll make sure that wherever you've wandered to, I'm going to send a fisherman your way, a real people, a real person that loves you, that cares about you, and that will not let go or give up on you. Bringing them in. I thought about that how we give up on fish. It brought to mind a story about a man by the name of Frank. There was a preacher, he was out in, I believe it was in Scotland. He was going to school, and there was a little church out there that didn't have a, the, the church did not have a pastor. So during the summer months, they sent the young man out there to pastor this church. He's riding his bicycle, and, he come, and all of a sudden, man, a downpour started. And he comes up on this little girl in the rain on the bridge, and she's crying. And her name is Mary. And the pastor went up to her, and he, he pedaled up, and he got his umbrella out and opened it up, and he said, Honey, he said, don't you think you ought to stop crying? And she looked at him quizzically, and he said, don't you think the bridge is wet enough without your tears? And so he took her on the bike and started home with her, and he started asking her about who she was, and she told him who her father was. Frank Summers, I believe, was his name. And she said, when she said her father's name, she said, do I need to get off the bike now? And she, he thought, well, why would you get off the bike? And he took her on to her cottage. And when he got her there and knocked on the door, her mother answered the door, brought them in. And there were other children in there. And he saw a picture of a man in boxing shorts with his hands held out like the old John L. L. Sullivan stance. And he said, who's that gentleman? And the woman said, that's my husband. And the children began to say, yeah, my dad can knock him. And, it's not, and she calmed him down, and, and she began to talk. And then all of a sudden, her husband came in. When he saw the preacher, he opened the door, and he took his thumb, and he went, are you, well, he said, are you the new preacher in town? He said, yes, sir, I am. He opened the door up and went, get out. So the man took his umbrella and he started back out in the rain. A few weeks went by and he began to find out about this man that he was a drunkard. That he didn't provide for his family but he hung out with a guy and they called him Old Doc Tom. And Dr. Tom was an atheist. And Dr. Tom had him running errands and buying booze and Kids never had a Christmas because he'd always take the money and blow it on booze instead of buying presents. And, and then something unusual happened in a, the next week or so. Frank showed up on a Sunday morning service, came in by himself and sat in the back. Everybody looked and kind of gasped, and when the service was over, everybody filed out, and they waited at the gate. They thought, man, the preacher's going to have to fight this guy. And when everyone was out, Frank came up to the preacher and he said, let me explain why I'm here. It's not to get saved. He said, I'm here because I found out the kindness you've shown my daughter. He said, and I've got to find a way to square myself with you. He said, so I'm going to be here every Sunday and I'm going to fill this church up. He said, what do you mean you're going to fill it up? He said, Pastor, people are going to come from all over when they find out I'm coming to your church, and they're going to try and figure out why I'm here. And true to his word, he came every Sunday, and the church started filling up with people. 
But Frank wasn't expecting what was going to happen. All of a sudden, as he started coming every Sunday, the bait (laughs) began to take effect on him. The Word of God began to penetrate his heart, and it wasn't long until Frank had his family there every Sunday. And then all of a sudden, Frank found he had a job, and Frank was making a living for his family, and, and, and Frank was changed. And then one day as they were out about, they ran into Doc Tom, old Doc Tom, and the atheist, and he looked at him and he said, you think you got him, preacher? You ain't got him. I got him. He said, he'll, he'll be back to drinking. And, and he said, no, he's a changed man. He said, he ain't changed. He said, you just wait till Christmas Eve. And he thought, well, what's up with that? And he noticed that Frank began to tremble a little bit when the doctor talked about Christmas Eve. And then when he left, Frank opened up to the preacher and he said, I am concerned about Christmas Eve. He said, because every Christmas Eve, he said, we go into town, into the county seat to buy gifts for our children, bring them home. He said, and for the last several years, when I go into town, I end up drunk, and I've spent all the money, and I always come home empty-handed. I've been such a disappointment to my family, and I'm afraid, Pastor, I'm afraid you're going to be gone when, because he was leaving at the end of the summer, and he said, with you not here, he said, I, I'm afraid. He said, you know, he said, you're in my corner. And he said, and that's what's helped me. He said, because you need someone in your corner. Real people don't give up on the fish. You need someone in your corner. And the preacher responded to him, and he said, Frank, he said, you've got someone in your corner. He said, but you can't see him with your natural eye. Jesus is in your corner, Frank. He loves you. He cares about you. And he said, I know, but I can't see him, Pastor. And so the pastor said, he said, Frank, he said, if you'll do your best for the rest of the time I'm here and be faithful, he said, I will come here on Christmas Eve and be here with you. He said, it's a deal, pastor. And Frank was true to his word. He became a better provider and a better father than he'd ever been. And he continued to grow in God. And then when the pastor left and time passed by and fall came and then winter started coming on. And the truth was that the pastor completely completely forgot. He got busy in his studies, and, and then he, he, he met a girl he liked, and he thought about proposing to her on Christmas Day, and he happened to be going through his diary when he saw what he'd written to Frank, and he thought, oh my goodness, and he jumped up, and he took off, caught a train, and he tried to get there. When he finally got there, the men had already gone into town. And he told his wife, he said, I'll, I'll hire a car. I'll, I'll get to town. I'll, I'll get there. And there was no car to be found. And he thought, man, I've messed up. I've, 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 I've messed up. I, I let Frank down. And they waited. And old Doc Tom came by and with a snide look on his face. And he cackled and said, I told you, preacher, he's mine. The preacher looked at him and said, no, he's not. He's God's said, no, preacher, he's mine. Absolutely, he's mine. He said, I'll bet you $5 that when Frank shows up, he's drunk. Come on, anybody. The the townspeople had gathered around. Come on, anybody, take my bet, $5. He said, all right, $3. Come on, $2. He said, preacher, won't you bet a buck on Frank? And the preacher looked at me and said, I don't bet. And he said, oh, you, you, you're just afraid, preacher. You won't bet a buck on Frank. You're just afraid. And the preacher said, I don't know whether it was I got angry or I was just overcome by what had happened to me. But I looked at him and he said, all right, I'll take your bet. He said, but here's the bet. He said, Frank comes here sober and you give all your hardwood. Frank had been wanting to build pews for the church. Tom wouldn't sell Tom had the only hardwood in town, and he wouldn't sell it to him unless he took a drink. Frank had refused to take a drink, and Tom kept his hardwood. The preacher looked at me and said, I'll bet you your hardwood that Frank comes in here sober. He said, if I lose the bet, he said, I'll pay for your hardwood, and you keep it. He said, you've got a bet, preacher. And they shook hands, and the train showed up. All the townspeople started coming off of the train, and they kept looking for Frank, and Frank didn't show. And they thought, what's going on? And they began to inquire, where's Frank? Where's Frank? And one of the men on the train said, oh, I I saw Frank in town. He said, well, where where was he? He said he was headed into the blue 
Moon Tavern. And their hearts just fell. They thought, man, this is, I'm, this is a true story. Pastor said, I, my, I felt brokenhearted. I felt like I'd failed the family. And he said, and all of a sudden he said, I looked up and he said there was a wagon coming down the path. And on the side of the wagon it said Blue Moon Tavern. And it had casks on it. And all of a sudden Frank jumped out of the back of it had toys for the children, and he was as sober as he could be. <laughs> he walked up and he said, Preacher, you didn't make it after all. And he said, Yeah, I'm here. And he said, What happened? He said, I was afraid the train would be too much temptation, so I decided to catch that wagon and ride into town by myself. Uh, real people uh, don't give up on the fish. <laughs> Hear what I'm saying. It doesn't matter what it looked like. It uh, doesn't matter where they've been. Uh, you just keep holding on to God. Uh, he's going to give you the real stuff uh, that takes the bait. Would you stand with me? You got somebody you care about? You got somebody you love, and they're acting like they show no interest. Can I remind you where Frank was at at the beginning? He opened that door and told that preacher to get out. Real people don't give up on the fish. And when Frank learned of the kindness that had been done to his daughter, it started its journey home. Jesus makes a statement. He said, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will open that door, I'll come in and I'll sup with him and he with me. You have to remember that God's intention has always been this, for us to have a big fish fry <laughs> together. Oh, fish from all walks of life are going to be there. Some have been suckers. <laughs> Some have fallen for stuff that the devil threw their way, but God didn't give up on them and they brought them in. Some have been catfish, catting around their whole life, and God reached in and rescued them. Some, Daryl, have even been finicky trout, <laughs> wouldn't bite on anything, but finally the right bait came at the right time, and they couldn't help themselves. God wants to bring us home. No matter where you're at, no matter what you've gone through, God's not willing to cast you aside or throw you away. He wants to bring you home. I wonder today how many of you would answer that call and say, here I am, God. You know, when I was a young boy, I started out for God, but a man and a, a pastor failed. And I turned and walked away. And it was some years before I learned the lesson, you don't follow people, you follow Jesus. Once I learned that lesson, I never turned back since. Because Jesus is a real fisherman. <laughs> I know you haven't taken anything all night long. I know you're tired. I know you're wore out. I know you feel hopeless and helpless. But if you'll just do what I'm asking you to do, I'm going to change your life today. That's what he did for Peter. That's what he wants to do for us. So if you're in this building and you've never said yes to him, or you may have said yes and you may have drifted away, you may have slipped and fallen like I did, you may have felt like well, I've gone too far for God to save me now. I've sunk too deep. We went all the way to the bottom, and that's where we found the big ones at. God loves you. He cares about you, and he wants to change your life today. So this is what I'm going to ask you to do. Would you right now just... Stretch your hands to heaven with me and say, God, here I am. Now, if you've already been caught, I want you to thank him for that. If he's already caught you, if you're already a part of the kingdom, if you're already sitting at the table, thank him for that. 
But now I want you to make a pledge to him. I want you to say, God, please make me a real person. R-E-E-L. I want to be one of those fishermen that you're sending out for those that have wandered astray. Let my words, let my life speak to their life. Help me draw them in. I'm asking you this in Jesus' name. Now, right now, if you're here and you haven't, you haven't made that commitment, I want you to, I'm going to give you an opportunity right now to come and do that. You say, Pastor, I don't want to, I, I don't like getting out of the water. I don't know any fish that do. But the truth is, is you've got to come to where he's at so you can be a part of his family. So if you would just stretch your hands to him right now and say, here I am, God. I want you to use me. If you're ready to go after the, I started to say to go after the big ones, but that three and a half inch one was as important as the big one. If you're ready to catch a fish, you understand what I'm talking about. If you're ready to win a soul, I want you to come to the front of this building at the end of this message today. Would you do that right now? Just very quickly, just come to the front and say, Lord, I want you to make me a real person. I'm going to wait for just a moment. As you're coming, I was counting poles. I didn't realize I had so many. I got eight poles up here, not counting what I got at home. I thought, how did I accumulate so many poles? I just love to fish. Don't get to very often, not, not this kind of fishing, but I still love to fish. I hadn't given up fishing. I'm just after a different quarry now. So this is what I'm going to ask you to do. Do you believe that God can use you to catch him? Then I want you to stretch your hands to heaven with me right now. I want you to target him. I want you to think about the fit. Okay, I keep saying that. I want you to. I want you to picture the person you're going after. I want you to get them in your mind. Debbie goes fishing on the phone all the time. She had somebody on the phone the other day, and before it was over with, I can't even remember who she called. It was I can't remember if it was a credit card or what it was, but she called somebody and there was taking care of a bill and while she was on there she said hey I've got a scripture for you and she threw the bait man that woman broke down crying on the other end of that phone that's not very professional is it I want to tell you that professionals got nothing to do with it it's the reality of God the reality of God that that woman broke gave her heart to God right there on that phone that's one fish she won't see until she gets to heaven (laughs) but she you can do it God believes in you I believe in you we can do it together there's some fish that are going to ignore me completely but they won't ignore you so you go after them you go after them and say God I'm claiming them for you there's some fish that I'll be able to have an impact on I'll go after those But if we'll just fish together, we're going to see a great haul, aren't we? Come on, stretch those hands to heaven right now. I want to pray for you. Father, I thank you for everyone that's in this building today that's got their hands lifted, saying, make me a real person, God. Father, I refuse to give up on the fish. I'm going to yank them out of the jaws of Satan. I'm I'm, I'm going to anchor myself in you so I can't be pulled in. And I'm going to pull and reel and pull until they come to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. I thank you for it right now. I pray a special blessing over their families. 
God, that is there fishing for others, you'll send someone to fish for their family. God, that you'll bring someone they've tried and haven't been successful. Send the right person with the right bait to bring them in, God. We give you praise for it today. We rejoice in your presence and we shout, yes, you are enough. I give you praise. Come on and love him with me today. Jesus in the dark.